Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before meeting our guest, I'd like to remind you about our partners at Bet Online. They are the number one source for all sports betting this season. Currently, we're in playoff basketball. Um, I'm having a blast with that. Love this Lakers and uh, Golden State series. I think it's fantastic. I think Boston gets out of the East. Um, but I think the West could be a number of teams right now. So I'm enjoying that via Bet Online. Um, it's a place you'll find all the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. Episode 93 of the podcast welcomes Ben Fentress, former special teams coach at the University of Wyoming and Montana State. Currently, he is known as one of the nation's most relentless recruiters for specialists in high school, the portal, and now internationally. It is an absolute pleasure um, to have you on my show. I, I'd like to know, uh, how are you doing today, Ben Fentress? Well, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, just had one of my former uh well, actually, a, a current guy who trains with me come by and uh, drop off a jersey for me, Clayton Stewart from the University of Wyoming. So it's good to see him today. And yeah, I'm in a good mood, man. Things are going well. Those are awesome experiences. You know, that they don't come every weekend or maybe a few years go by, but there's always like that moment as a coach, I think. And it doesn't have to be like a cool thing like that, like a game-worn jersey, but even like a hat, you know, it's meant a lot to me over, over the years, like these gestures, these appreciation, you know, gestures that like, thanks coach, you know, it's, it's something that it's lasting. And if you can look behind me, if, if you're watching the podcast, you know, I have artifacts here in my garage. Like I try and keep everything. If I'm a hoarder, it's definitely via, via the football um, gear that I've received over the years. It's just hard to let that stuff go because it, it brings back like fond memories. So I'm I'm glad you had that experience because I've got a few jerseys in my career and that's it's very meaningful. Um I want to start um I guess from the beginning, you know, like before you as a coach, I want to talk about you as an athlete, your background and uh what led you to kicking. Well, I think I've you know, I've pretty much had that same typical route, soccer player, um, who got asked to come out and play football. Um, you know, I'd going into high school, I didn't even think about football. Like, you know, I was, I was mainly a track guy and a, a soccer guy and I played competitive tennis as well. And, um, you know, back then, uh, coach rivers, Philip rivers, dad asked me to come out and, um, came and kicked for, for his team for a bit. And I transferred high schools over to Hartsville high played a really great coach named Don Woods, who, um, ended up, uh, pretty much helping me get my scholarship to Austin P state. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty typical thing, you know, soccer on to playing, uh, you know, had a successful career in high school and then, um, you know, went off to Austin P and and played there for a little bit and then ended up transferring down to Marable College. 
and yeah, that's that's pretty much my story as, as far as how I got started in all of it. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I I think relationships, you know, like you mentioned, like we all know who Philip Rivers is, I think. I think. I mean, we're getting old, but <laughs> what a stud. Uh and I just I had a I, I didn't know at the time I was 17, but I had this guy from Ohio that came down from Maslin, Ohio, and I didn't know about that program and the history that great it great team. Yeah. I mean, and he was the winningest coach ever there. And I think he wanted to retire in the South because it was nice and warm for his, for his body, you know, but he couldn't put football down and um, he really helped me. Like, I don't think, I don't think without him, I would have got to Miami um, because he started it. The relationship with Don Solinger, they were old friends and, I think football is such a relationship sport. I think life is too. It's who you know, of course, but I can't stress to kids enough that they need to build bridges. And I think coaches too, I think that was kind of what drew us together. And we'll get into that. Um, if you're a bridge burn burner in football, it is not sustainable um, unless you're the best. If you're LeBron James of the sport, or, you know, if you're Dion, um, you can be polarizing Nick Saban, but Tell you what, man, I think a lot of times it comes down to equally as much like your performance as a coach and a player. But how do you treat people? Right. How do you develop human beings, um, especially with coaching? So I'm glad we built this bridge uh, despite some adversity uh, initially with that. Um, but let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go further. So we've talked a few times, as mentioned in, in pre-recording, uh, we discussed uh coaching journeys and stuff like that. But I want you to talk about how all of it began for you in Aspen, Colorado. So I believe, yeah, I believe it was like 2006. Yeah. It was either 2006 or 07. Um, you know, in, in, in a ski town, you work your winter job and you have your summer job and then you, you'll, you know, work odd jobs in the fall. And so I was looking for, you know, some odd work, odd jobs, whatnot. And uh, you know, heard that it was a new high school football coach there. And I'm like, you know what? I should give this a swing. And I tried to get into high school football before living in Mammoth Lakes, California. And, you know, I was a snowboarder, was in the industry, um, you know, as an instructor at Mammoth and had really long hair. And I went up to the coaches and say, hey, I'd love to help out with the program. And they just took one look at me and they said, son, you know, we don't think that's going to work. So years down the line, still had long hair. Went up to a guy named Mike Serco after one of his practices and went straight up to him and said, sir, I want to coach your punters, kickers, and long snappers and special teams. And he said, son, if you can cut your hair and be here Monday, you got the job, cut my hair, showed up. Um, and that, you know, 07 or 06 or whatever it was, I've been coaching ever since and um, been blessed to coach some great athletes there in the Roaring Fork Valley where I lived in, in Aspen and, and at Basalt high school and coached the three-time all state guy in Bertilio Garcia. And, um, yeah, just, you know, it's just really a really strange journey, you know, starting up my football career in a, as such a famous ski town. But, um, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have had it any other way. That was probably the most fun I ever had coaching, you know, going from mountain town to mountain town and playing Bales High School Battle Mountain and kicking their butts. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were number one in the state at one time. So, yeah, at, at Aspen High at least. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it was just – went up and asked a guy one day, Hey, can I be your special teams guy? And he said, yeah. I think every uh, high school coach, if given the opportunity to have a person walk 
onto their campus and express an interest to help. Why wouldn't you? You know, I think it's such a weakness in high school football. I'm speaking from limited experience. You know, I've I've only coached in Florida, but I've coached in Florida for for a long time now, um, 21 years, and uh, I'm very heavily involved with Central and South Florida, and Northeast for that matter. So Jacksonville, you know, because it's a great population of talent and soccer and football alike. Uh, and my point to it is. Only the elite programs in Florida, and I'm not saying every elite team has a good uh, fourth down unit, but I'm saying that the ones that do the best with what they have and usually win when it counts, uh, they have a very sound specialist unit. It's the catalyst. It's the difference um, in Florida, at least. And I've noticed, you know, when I go to Texas, I go to Houston sometimes. um, It's come a long way since 06 when you were doing it and, like oh three ish when I started dabbling it in Miami, um, it's grown so much because of people like us. You know, like it's a huge industry now. You know, and I think it's 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 very tough business to get into at this point because it's so it, it's so saturated, right? And I'm not saying that the people that want to enter the market aren't talented. I'm saying that it's bad timing. I'm saying that there's so much talent in this industry now because they see that there's such a need for it, right? I I don't. I don't, um, I don't, uh, how do I say this? I don't want to dissuade anyone from doing it. I want to encourage more people to do this because I think there's such a need. You know, there's hundreds of coaches in Florida that coach kicking, quote unquote. And I think several are good. I don't think hundreds are good, but I think all of them should keep going because uh, every kid needs something, uh, whether it's me, you, or Joe Schmo, who just wants to help them kick more field goals down the middle. Um I, it's it's whatever it is it's working and i think that it's awesome so i'm glad that you stuck through it through being told no i was told no a few times uh because people didn't really see the value in us at that time um i know i'm long-winded but i brought you on for a reason you always say things that really make me think so i want to talk about you a little more you started a, a new venture in your life you just transitioned from another company and you began your own, and I commend you. Uh, it's something I did a few years ago as well, um, creating a startup. You know, it's daunting, and you don't realize until you're in it, day one, uh, what it entails. You know, so could you share more about this experience, and also like what would a specialist or a parent of a specialist or a coach that's recruiting a specialist? What do all these entities? What are they going to expect from you? Well, first thing is honesty. Um, you know, I'm, I'm known for being right to the point. I wouldn't say brutally honest, but I don't sugarcoat things. Um, you know, and that's what the coaches have always appreciated with me is I don't sugarcoat the talent. Um, it's either there or not. And with the parents and kids, I don't oversell the dream. Um, I'm very realistic with them. And if, if their goal is D one, but they're not quite there, you know, we come up with a plan with their regional kicking coach or their local kicking coach. Um, and we get there. I mean, whether that's getting more speed training, whether, you know, getting their kickoffs aren't quite there, you know, we really try to focus on the drill work and getting them there. Hmm. Um, And I work with anybody in the country as far as kicking coaches go. Well, almost anybody, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically my process is evaluation, figuring out how to get them there. And a lot of it's my connections with these college coaches because they believe me um, because they know I'm not going to, you know, oversell the talent it's they either have it or not and like i said we come up with a plan to get there 
Um, and what to expect for me is I'm always on the phone. I'm, you know, at my former company, I was always known as the guy on the phone. Um, the kids were like, you know, that's the voice behind the phone. We know your voice, but we hadn't met you. And that was during COVID. Um, but to be a, a, a great recruiting consultant, you have to be on the phone constantly. And it's like you said earlier on, it's all about ma maintaining relationships. Um, and, you know, these coaches trust you the more, you know, players that you send them that have success at their schools. And I've, I've got a great track record with that. And I've, you know, I've, I'm, I've always tried to think of myself as a people connector, you know, going kind of back to when I lived in Aspen, um, I ran a very large referral pool because I was just trying to find as many clients for myself. And in that time, I'd gotten more clients, I'd get overbooked and things, and I would have to, you know, give clients to other, other instructors. And I kind of got known as like a person who connects people within the Aspen Skiing Company. And that's what I try to do. You know, I, I ask a lot of questions to the coaches, you know, hey, what are you looking for? And I ask a lot of questions from the athlete, like, what are you looking for in a school? And I try to match those two, two things up. I try to match the player and the coach up based on what they tell me. And part of being a, a good recruiting consultant is just listening. You have to listen to these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think really the void in the kicking industry is authenticity. Uh, I think that there's so much money being made by now by, by a few, especially that are stuck in old ways that um, being authentic would, would change the business plan, if you will. Right. You know, per, per, perhaps acknowledging that so-and-so is a zero star or what's wrong with being a two star. I don't, I never really understood that about my industry that I that I work in that I've been in for almost three decades now uh that bothers me I, I really think that football frowns upon the way that we evaluate ourselves because they can't relate I mean there's a three-star going to Miami that might be the bet might be the he might be the guy that starts the game breaker right away and he's a three he didn't go to enough events but he was a baller and you would promote him you'd endorse him because again, back to your credibility, back to your authenticity, I think that if we're going to grow and be considered equals, and, I, and I, I'm not saying we're not, but you know, and I know that there's still some stigmas out there with certain individuals who are old school. And to change those minds, we've got to be the same. I think we need to meet the standard of the game that we want to be a part of. And I think the biggest deficit is evaluation, especially on the the largest of scales, I will not name names, but I think everyone knows by now that I'm not happy with certain people in the industry. I'm not either. Especially especially people that have the responsibility, people that have the platform, if you will, do it right. I commend you for your business side, but I think that your acumen to what it is that I take very seriously, I think it's limited. And I think that eventually, you know, that's not sustainable. It's not. Eventually people will stop believing you as a coach to be like, I don't believe him. The la last three players he sent me, you know, he told me they were going to kick out of, out of the back of the end zone, you know, four, four Oh hang. And then I get him here on campus and it's, it's not the, not that case. And it's really an, it's really a disservice to the kid, you know, because he's going to get cut in the spring and he's going to go back to that kicking coach and be like, you know, that was not the right school for me. And it's, it's sad. So I let's, I want to get into that. So we're talking about recruiting. Right. And that was where I wanted to go next a little more specifically with you, because that's really where I confide 
I confiding you for that. Uh, there's very few people that I seek out as a resource for it because I can go to the source, but sometimes I don't have time to go to. I'll give you an example. Today, I received two emails with two kids I, I really, really want to take care of. They're 24s and they want to set their June tour and they want to know, hmm, we can go to these 13 logistically, but we've got to lose about five um, because, you know, as you know, some are on the same days, right? And they want to know the value in which, and the timing, like which ones should we go to? So I had to be the person who was honest. And I want to say that mm, in terms of household names on that list, I said no to almost everyone because I knew for a fact that they had no need at what he offered. And they didn't want to hear that because of course he wanted to go see that campus and, and get a shirt from that campus bookstore and shake that coach's hand and get a picture for Instagram, yada, yada, yada. But what I am in the business of is I want to add kids to my alumni list. I want the, the 24 grad class. I want that to be a class of 40 that I've never had, you know, and the only way I'm going to do that is to be honest, you know, so I want, I want to talk about recruiting, you know, it's tough especially for specialists. I mean, we are not quarterbacks. We're not tackles. We're not running backs. Can you share the current state of college football recruiting and how you help make sense of this craziness for, for so many clients? Well, now it's, it's, it's kind of become the wild West, you know, especially with NIL popping up and the transfer portal. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely different than when I got into this, um, you know, when I got out of coaching um, at Wyoming, it, it's definitely become a different ball game. Um, you know, the the, high, the route for, you know, your, the high, typical high school kid is a lot different these days. You know, I mean, it, it's a lot of guys are, are going Juco, you know, to get more film, to get better film um, because they realize it's more competitive. You know, you're competing against, you know, grown men and these, these transfer guys, you're competing against grown men, you know, with the Australians. Um, and so to get D one these days, that, that mountain has become higher. But it's still attainable for high school kids. It's just a different route than it was before. You know, you may have to, you know, like I said, play to JUCO for a year or two and get that film. Um, one trend I don't really like is when kids, you know, tell a Division II school like, hey, I'm going here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm dead set on playing here. And then they, they get some good film and bounce on that school. And that team's like, hey, you know, what's that all about? And, and sadly, a lot of these I hate to say it like, you know, non D1 programs have, have become just stepping stones for, you know, D1 and yes. And I see a lot of guys jump in the portal when they shouldn't. And that's another thing that really, really bothers me. And, and I'm like, where do you think you're going to go if you don't have any film? You know, if you want to transfer out, you better have unreal film. You better have unreal training film, game film, like everything to show a coach that, you, you know, that you're legit and this is your resume and you're a solid guy. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's become a lot more competitive. Um, and that's where I think I, I can add some value to, you know, recruiting for these guys. Um, you know, I can show them that guys, guys, they probably wouldn't have known about or seen. Yeah. Um, and so I don't believe recruiting is, is dead at the D one level for the FBS. I mean, for high school kids at the FBS level, but like I said, it's a different journey and, you know, after COVID too, I mean, let's face it, things changed, um, you know, especially having the backlog of players during COVID that really threw everything off for a couple of years. So 
Yeah, I've just the, the industry's been, you know, changing on me rapidly and I've just been adapting to it and following, you know, checking out, you know, the different NCA rules and, and you know, timelines they have in, in terms of transfer portal and, and contact times and non-contact times and blackout periods and things like that. You know, it, it gets a little hard keeping up with with all of it, but you got to know all those things and, you know, so you can make the most of your recruiting strategy for your guys. Well, it's like I have a guy that manages my long term like assets, you know, and I always like just get the report. I got it today. And it was like, he bought how much of that? I've never heard of that. So I looked up the company, I, whatever. So it's like, I don't question him, right? Because I trust him because he's immersed in something I don't have time for. I think every, life is time, right? We all have the same amount to to work with. And I think that it becomes very important to to draw from people who are resources in, in various parts of our life. And with that being said, it's like, I love coaching. And I think, yes, people know that I have relationships with college coaches, but I think anyone who knows me well, uh, hears me say often that your ability will scream from the mountaintops, your value. You know, if I can be the catalyst, you know, with a phone call or a DM to initiate contact Absolutely, I will. But I'm not, and I never will claim to be a recruiter. Um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, um, but I realize that it's a full-time gig. And I think that's what you provide. Uh, you know, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. You know, you're in love with it. You're, you're in it. And like you said, you've evolved with it. And to say you evolve with something like that, you have to be there every single day with it because it's forever changing. So I think people like you are very important. Um, and the kids that don't value you, um, more than likely they won't be the ones getting the offer. You know, I think you need people at this point to steer you in the right direction and tell you where to go and when to go and how to act and what to present and what to put on your Twitter profile. And it's just impossible to naturally fall into the right decision on all these things that are so pivotal in the uh in the process um so i want to end with uh one last question uh give me a couple like you know do's and don'ts you know what's what's good what's what's not so good to do as a recruit and um also at the end of that maybe providing a little general timeline for billy who is maybe like a 25 right now a kid who's a sophomore going into his junior year, which is, which is crucial. And then ultimately like senior year, you hopefully have figured a lot out by then. Um, so basically I would say the, probably the biggest don't, well, here's, here's, here's one don't, um, you know, you gotta, I wouldn't don't email coaches. Okay. A lot of times those guys don't read their emails. I'm just being honest with you. And flat, in fact, when I was at Wyoming, we referred to our email address as our deflection email. And if somebody really wanted to contact me, I'd send them my personal email. Um, DM the coaches. Now, who to DM? That's the thing. DM your analyst, your quality control coaches, also known as QCs, GAs. At the FBS level, those are the guys you need to talk to. FCS level, special teams coach and their, their GAs or their QC. Um, Division two, head coach, special teams coordinator. Those are the guys to contact. Division three, the same. NAI, the same, you know, head coach, special teams coordinator. Um, but at the division one level, you're ideally trying to reach out to guys who 
who are trying to work their way up through the industry. And those are your QCs, your GAs. Those are the guys that are hungry to get that film to send to that special teams coordinator that they can prove that they can recruit. So <clears throat> those are the guys that you want to talk to at that level. Um, that's a big do. Like definitely um, DM the QCs, GAs, analysts, those type of guys. That's a do. Don't email them. Okay, they're not going to read it, more than likely. I mean, I could be wrong, but most of the time they don't check their emails. Um, another do. <clears throat> if a coach is actively recruiting you, you're, you're on the phone with them quite a bit. Um, you know, it's okay to tag them in things. If you have never met that coach, um, you know, but it's a school you really want to go to and, you know, you tag, uh, you know, Coleman Hutzler, Jeff Banks, like, you know, all these big special teams coordinators they're probably not going to see that tweet and they're probably not going to pay too much attention to it unless they're actively recruiting you, unless they're, you know, saying, Hey, we want you to come, you know, to a private workout on, you know, X date, you know, in, in June during one of our eval days, you know, that's when you may want to tag a guy, but tagging the blue like that, when you have no relationship with that coach, that's it's, it's cringy. So I <laughs> don't do it. Um, and then one do, is, you know, you've got to set up your Twitter profile correctly. Um, don't put, don't like your, write out your life story in the bio, okay? You know, it just has to be the basics. Name, high school, SAT, you know, ACT, GPA, um, you know, all state, things like that, PK, LS, you know, whatever your position is. Um, you know, trained by, blah, 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 so they know who to contact. Um, so, that's a definite do don't, you know, write out, you know, your whole life story. Same thing when you're DMing the coaches, don't have a huge paragraph for them to read. Okay. Basics, film, training and huddle, send it out. And that's what they want to see. Okay. They want to be able to see it fast, read it fast, you know, have, have some like what I call bangers, like just boom, like they catch their eye, like kicking out of the back of the end zone. I mean, multiple of those, just your best stuff right away. They see that they're going to go and make a cut up of you. Um, they have a program called recruit.co that allows them to see every kick you've ever done in high school. Um, they'll make a cut up on you. They'll submit the cut up to the head coach. And that's when the offer happens. Usually happens. Um, timeline wise for, um, <clears throat> you know, going into your, your, um, your, well, what'd you say? 20, like a, a timeline for a junior. 25. Yeah. No, a rising junior. Yeah. Okay. So I believe it's September, September 15th this year, college coaches can contact uh, juniors. So right around then, um, you know, actually before then I'll start sending film to coaches and, you know, getting certain guys names out there, guys that, you know, I feel like they want to see and guys that they can have, they can contact the minute they can have that um, and they can start contacting the juniors on that contact period when it opens up and, um, you know, going in, <clears throat> going into their, let's see, you know, obviously you got to play a great season that year. Um, the main thing is if you're a kicker, you need to have outrageously great kickoffs. If you don't have a great supporting cast, you know, in your snapper, your holder, and your the guys blocking for you, you got to make sure your kickoffs are great. Um, you know, you just got to make the most of your season. Um, and then going into that winter, you know, that's when you really start, need to start thinking about, you know, your, your June camps going into your senior year, you know, and your training regiment and doing your drill work. And you come up with a list uh, of schools, you, you know, that 
maybe some of these schools have talked to you, that those should be highest up on your list and that they are actively interested in you. Um, if your dream school hasn't contacted you or anything like that, um, you know, you may want to skip it if it's on the same day as a school that's actually recruiting. So it's all about, you know, really setting up for June because um, that is the time to shine. And that's when the offers happen. At least um, that's the start of the offers, at least. Um, but it's all about doing your drill work, you know, working with your regional kicking coach to, to get to that point and getting the film. I think every two months you need to have good film. Um, if I'm watching, you know, if it's fall and, and it looks like spring in the film, I'm like, this is old film. I need to see film from two months or less, always. Um, you know, your huddle film needs to be clean. Like I said, it needs to open with just what I call bangers. I mean, just absolute, you know, your very best because this is this is your resume. This is your cover letter, essentially. Um, and then <clears throat> going into your uh, senior year, if you don't you know, which is most guys, about 90%, 95% don't have offers going into that first, going into your senior season. Um, you know, you just, like I said, like in your junior season, you need to perform week in and week out have that training film ready, um, you know, do a three, three, uh, three game highlight, a mid season, end of season, end of season plus playoff highlights. You need to have all that stuff ready. You need to have stuff to send out that's new every month, essentially. Um, and then right around, right around mid-October, it starts getting real hot. These coaches start calling. They're like, who you got? Um, and I start throwing out lists at them. You know, if I throw out with just one name, they're going to think something suspicious. You have to send several names to a coach. Um, and, you know, once again, you have to listen to these coaches exactly what they're looking for and come up with a list of guys who fit that mold. Um, and then if you don't have an offer by between December and February, um, you know, that's a time when guys tend to get a lot of offers. There's another period right after spring ball, which is just absolutely bonkers. There's coaches just reaching out, trying to find players. Um, a lot of transfers at this time, but a lot of elite 2023s who maybe have passed on a few offers in, in February or December, um, you know, pick up an offer at that time. And then the very last, and I call it the Hail Mary time, is in July. And in July, I, a lot of coaches are frantic because they're like, oh, my gosh, we've just come back from break. And we don't have a punter. We don't have a kicker. We don't have a snapper. We don't have a backup snapper. We have no depth at this position. And they come to me and like, who you got? So I've told guys, if you can wait, sometimes you can get some great offers in July because these coaches are, they need somebody. And, you know, that happened last year with Ole Miss with, with Charlie Pollock, you know, they needed a, a punter and, you know, they found him at, you know, as the story goes at a fraternity house, you know, but Charlie was a very, um, you know, a good punter, you know, out of high school and, you know, he went to the University of Nevada and ended up transferring to Ole Miss. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the timeline and, you know, going from the junior year all the way up to that, that what I call the very last minute of, of the recruiting season, which is right before fall camp. So hopefully I answered that as best I could. No, that, that was a lot in a, in a little bit of time. No, I mean, I think if someone wanted to replay that a few times, uh it's helpful right because it's a ton that's a lot of information to, to hear once and be like oh cool got it um i taught in the classroom for a long time and i could tell and i needed to maybe show a visual of what i just said and that would be a definite visual and we've talked about that before 
um, maybe like even like a like a flow chart, if you will, because you've got to revisit certain things. Like you mentioned, certain things that are rough drafts are your film. You know, it should be ongoing. And I like what you said about when I look when I see a kid that follows me and I look at his, you know, pin tweet, if you will. If it's a pin tweet from last year on a good day, it tells me you haven't had one since or it makes me question why you haven't updated your pin. Is that your PR day that you haven't outperformed? Because if so, I'm concerned. Where do you sit normally, right? These are all things that I think deductions that college coaches make very quickly because back to time, nobody has time to really dig deep to give you an, a, an opportunity or a chance. I think oftentimes you need to be somewhere at the right time and right place and you may only get one chance. It's that hard. Right. And I think back to the importance of you. And that's why I talk to you often is because I want to be. I want to confirm that I'm putting people in the right places because I know what I do on the field is correct. I know these kids are prepared, but I also know that um, if they're going to Florida State and Miami and Florida Gators only because they live in central Florida, they're, it's foolish. It's ignorance. Because um, no matter how good they are, they could be the best in the world. If there's not a need, there's it's not going to happen, you know. So right. I want to end with, uh, I always forget this, so I'm going to make sure I say it. If, if people say something struck a nerve or someone really wants to, to dig deeper with you on a certain thing you talked about, is there a way or two that people could reach out to you? Absolutely. So on Twitter, I'm B Fentress, F-E-N-T-R-E-S-S. Um, and that's my Twitter handle on that. And then um, my my uh, my website is fentresskicking.com. So Excellent. that's where you can, you know, schedule time with me and, and set up a time and we can do, you know, the initial call. And I can basically before all that, I have I watch film. You know, when it, when someone reaches out to me, I'll watch film on them. I'll do an eval, figure out where they are. Um, and then, you know, we have our call. I tell them where I think they can play. And then we come up with a plan. Um, with them and their regional kicking coach and yeah I start making phone calls for them depending on where I think they can play and start sending film out and start getting that recent film to those coaches and that good huddle and all that stuff and yeah that's basically what I do but <laughs> you can also find him on my website at fourthdownu.com he's got several sections he's got a recruiting section he's on the staff section um, and that also leads you right into his website so pretty easy to find him uh anyway man i, I really appreciate it uh i think everyone at fourth down focus really appreciates the information they received today this is stuff that we've only talked about a handful of times like in depth and, and uh you did a wonderful job kind of painting that picture for guys that are 25s and well thank you even the 24s you know could just go you know fast forward to the first part of that but I'd like to remind everyone to please give us a five-star rating. Uh, review is wonderful. Subscribe to the show. Perhaps you could share it with a friend. Um, if you have questions or suggestions for future topics or guests, I'd be happy uh, to give you assistance there uh, after the feedback. My website is fourthdownu.com, and on social media, you can reach me at fourthdownu. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. Uh, thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope this spring is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.